When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lux presents Hollywood. Lieber Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Joseph Cotton, Valley, and Louis Jourdan in The Paradine Case. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeling. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. The Cosmopolitan Touch brings distinction to the Lux Radio Theater tonight with three great stars from as many nations. First, there's one of our top American favorites, Joseph Cotton. And joining him are two of David O. Selznick's most important discoveries, the lovely and talented Valley from Italy and from France, the accomplished Louis Jordan. The play which stars these three together is Mr. Selznick's tense dramatic hit of the current screen, The Paradine Case, which adds to the international flavor with its highly emotional setting of a London murder trial. And there's another international favorite involved in this production, too. That's Lux Toilet Soap. For wherever beautiful women are found, in Hollywood and all over the world, they've chosen Lux Soap Care to guard that beauty. It's curtain time now for the Paradine case, and here's the first act, starring Joseph Cotton as Tony Keene, Valley as Mrs. Paradine, and Louis Jordan as Latour. <laughs> A few days ago, the London newspapers announced the death of a celebrated war hero, Colonel Richard Paradine. His death was sudden. There was a police investigation with a startling development. Don't worry about anything, Mrs. Paradine. We'll have you out of here as soon as possible. As soon as possible. It's incredible, Sir Simon. They came to my home, two policemen. They arrested me. They say my husband was poisoned. Inspector Ambrose will be back in a moment, my dear. Let's not waste any words. You don't have to tell me that the police are making a terrible mistake. But above all things, we mustn't despair. You're not despairing, are you? No, I'm not despairing. Now, let's see. They'll read the charge and ask if you've anything to say. I think you'd better say no. Is that understood? The trial. Who is to defend me? You. Oh, dear me, no. I'm no criminal lawyer, Mrs. Paradine. But you'll have one of the most distinguished leaders of the bar. You've heard of Anthony Keane? Yes, I think so. He's very good at this sort of thing. He's a friend of mine. I'm sure you'll like him. That's not as important as his liking me, is it? I think he will. Yes, I'm sure he will. Tony, what's the matter, dear? You're miles away. Just been thinking, Gay, that uh, case Simmy wants me to take, Mrs. Paradine. I don't believe she did it, Tony. Nice people just don't go about murdering other nice people. So you think she's nice? A photograph looks nice. A little too beautiful, maybe, oh. but anyone who wasn't nice wouldn't have married a blind man, even though he was so rich. Nice people never murder their husbands, hmm? It's amazing that 11 years of wedlock with an incurable realist hasn't altered a single one of your lovely delusions about nice people. <laughs> but you've changed, Tony. Have I? 11 years ago, you wouldn't have taken on this paraging case. That's nonsense. I never turned down a thumping big fee then any more than now. You still love me, though. A little. Come here. I'm 
I'm not really mental, you know, not, not entirely. But darling, Simi and Judy, they're coming now, for dinner. Now, now, who's the realist now? Tony, <laughs> you are taking the keys, aren't you? I suppose so. I'm meeting her tomorrow. Simi, follow me, please. The great man himself, Mrs. Paradine, Anthony Keane. You can take heart, my dear. We've got the Royal Marines on our side. You're going to defend me? The Royal Marines look forward to very little trouble, Mrs. Paradine. A brief skirmish, and you'll be lunching at the Savoy again. Oh, really? Hmm? I haven't been thinking about lunching at the Savoy. I keep hearing people all the time saying that I married a helpless blind man for his money and then killed him for his money. Oh. And what will they say of Richard? It makes him out such a fool for loving me. We'll have answers for whatever they say. You loved him, and he needed you. You know that? Weren't you his eyes? I was, of course. I had to be. Had to be, Mrs. Paradine? Had to be? You must find your verbs, my dear. <laughs> Sir Simon means that it was a voluntary service. Uh, you devoted your whole life to Richard Paradine freely, gladly. Yes. Yes, I see what you mean. I'm sure it would be better to regard it in that light. Now, I don't know, Mrs. Paradine, whether or not Mr. Keene intends to put you in the witness box, but if he does... I don't think we need trouble, Mrs. Paradine, with all that just now, Simmy. When will I see you again? Just as soon as I've gone over the details with Sir Simon. Uh, you've told him everything we should know. Of course. Thank you deeply. Until next time, Mrs. Paradine. Coming to bed, darling? A little while, Gay. Did you see Mrs. Paradine today? Mm hmm. What's she like? Strangely attractive. Oh, I'm sure you'd think so anyway. Oh, no, I wouldn't. She's cost me too much. Cost you? Oh, of course, our anniversary and that trip I promised you. Why, we'll still make it, maybe before the case even comes to trial. But it's all right, darling. Gay, but honestly, I, I was thinking just today how much fun it would be to go to Italy. Italy? Huh. I thought we talked of Switzerland. I know, but. Italy somehow seems so much more colorful. We could go back to Venice, you know, get in the gondola. And... Oh, darling. <laughs> What's so amusing? Nothing, nothing. I can't imagine anything more wonderful than being in a gondola, can we? Well, then. It's just that you're so... so transparent. Oh. You're such a devious kind of barrister, too. Uh, you're pretty devious yourself right now. Mrs. Paradine is strangely attractive. And isn't Italy colorful? So. Oh, of all the idiots. I thought it might please you to know I can be jealous. You really think I'm interested in a woman well, who. Silly, of course you're not interested. And I'm glad you're not getting so old you can't admire an attractive woman. Well, I, I'd better get back to work. Trouble, dear? No, no, not exactly, but I thought Semi would have a lot more information to give me. But can't she give it to you, Mrs. Paradine? Yes, of course. I'll see her in the morning. But I've told you, Mr. Keene, my past is of no concern to anyone but my husband and myself. And my husband is dead. Uh, don't you understand, Mrs. Paradine? The prosecution always tries to tear down the character of the defendant. Naturally, I... I wouldn't like them to have the advantage of me. You think they may discover something? Well, if there is anything to discover, at least uh, anything that you think might be embarrassing. Uh, Mrs. Paradine, it's essential that I have your cooperation. Forgive me if I've been difficult. It will not shock you, I assume. To learn that I am a woman who, what would you say? A woman who has seen a great deal of life. Oh, please, don't mistake my persistence for any lack of sympathy. When I was still in school at Naples, it began. I, I ran away with a man. Hmm. He was much older, of course, rich. He took advantage of your youth. He was married, respected. Huh. I took advantage of him. Then as suddenly as it began, it ended. He wearied of me, I wearied of him. What difference does it make? There were others? Of course, there were others. We cannot hide these things. You said we cannot hide them, Mr. Keene. Let's drag them out. Let them hang me for the past and be done with no, it. No, 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 you mustn't feel like that. We, we won't permit them to make anything of it. My poor husband. How he would have hated all this. He gave me his name, his fine name. He depended upon me to protect it. Well, he... he knew about you? I kept nothing from him. He was so good. He trusted me. We'll get you free, Mrs. Paradine. Trust me. I shall. 
And I do. You still have no idea of how your husband met his death. I've told you so many times. I don't know, Mr. Keene. I don't know. But I still say, Tony, why not let the Crown have the burden of proof? They say she poisoned her husband. Well, let them prove it. Sammy, what possible objection could you have to our proving that Paradine committed suicide? He was ill, depressed. I just think it's dangerous. Blind men have committed suicide before. We have only to decide who helped Paradine to do it. That's simple. Paradine's valet, that, that fellow Latour. <sighs> Latour worshipped him. He guided Paradine's every step like a mother hen. It's after midnight. Darling, I know it's after midnight, but I, I'm not sleepy and I have work to do. Well, Simi looks dead. Well, he isn't dead. Quite right, my dear. I only look dead. <laughs> Judy just well, I told you you were still here. I wish that daughter of mine would let me manage my declining years by myself. I'll tell her tomorrow. We're having lunch, you know. Latour is our man, Simi. Who more likely to help Paradine out of his misery? I can't think of anyone less likely. The devoted, grateful servant and war companion who would do anything to help end his master's suffering. Well, it, it won't wash, Tony. Let's face it, Paradine was murdered. Do you think she killed him? It's what the Crown will try to prove. We have to prepare ourselves to answer the Crown on Mrs. Paradine. I'll have the answer. With facts? Well, to begin with, we have the very obvious fact that Mrs. Paradine is not a murderess. Really? She's too fine a person. I was under the impression that she's been a woman of very low estate and rather easy virtue. You're an insufferable snob. I, I only hope the Crown says that just, just once. Sorry, Tony. I hadn't realized the extent to which she has impressed you. What's that supposed to mean? Whatever you think it means, my boy. Be careful, Tony. I said I'll get her off, and I will. Of course. I was just thinking of you and Gay. <laughs> True, isn't it, Mrs. Paradine? Latour worshipped your husband. Yes, it's true. So if Colonel Paradine wanted to die, there was only one person he could turn to. Isn't that right? I wouldn't say that. Let Andre help him. Andre? You call him Andre, a valet? Excuse me, I, I'm not too well trained in the more subtle snobberies of your class. <laughs> My class? I'm afraid you don't know me very well. I, I'm a, a bit confused, Mrs. Paradine. You... You seem very eager to protect Latour from even suspicion of being involved. Well, this is impossible. You spoke as my rescue. Talked of a brief skirmish and yes, I... Yes, so I did. Well, well, we'll drop Latour for the time being. And go on to what, Mr. Keene? I, I, I don't know exactly, but... Well, we've time yet before the trial. I, I'll keep you well advised, Mrs. Paradine. Now, look here, Judy. Daughter or not, you've no oh, right Oh, stop to... it, darling. You know I'm right. Now, why has Tony dropped the suicide angle and the valet? I didn't say he dropped it. He just wasn't able to talk Mrs. Paradine into it. Has he got a substitute? I, I don't know. He's going to Cumberland to investigate Hindley Hall. That's the Paradine country house. But Paradine died in London. And why would Hindley Hall be open? Well, it's, it's not really open. There's just the housekeeper and... Look here, Judy. Is that handsome young valet there? Of course he is. Tony's going up there because he thinks there was something between Mrs. Paradine and Latour. Oh, absurd. Is it? Well, why are you looking so funny? Or did you have the same idea? And he's jealous. Oh, my heavens, Tony's jealous of that valet. Judy, of all the... Have you ever known Tony to visit any other client so often in jail? Tony's in love with his wife and you know it. If he lets Gay down... After all these years... Oh, go on. Leave me alone. The best men always end up with the worst women. Tony's after her boyfriend, and that's why he's going to Cumberland. I'm right, aren't I? I'll not be treated as a hostile witness by my own flesh and blood. I just wish I were married to Tony for just one hour. I'd make him jump through hoops. I wish you were married to someone, my angel. Perhaps he could put up with your claptrap better than I can. What's she like, Father? What's she really like? Fascinating. I'm an old ruin, Judy, but she certainly brings my pulse up a beat or two. Poor Gay. Still working, Tony? I just wanted to say goodnight. I'm sorry if I didn't seem quite myself this evening. Because I have a headache. I'm a bit on the ragged side myself. Tony, could we get away just for a little while? You do need a rest. I've never seen you quite like this before. I'll be all right. 
Even if it's only for a few days. For our anniversary, you did promise. Really, darling, there are some things more important than anniversaries. You didn't used to think so. Matter of fact, I I have to go away. Uh, Colonel Paradine had a country place up in Cumberland. I thought I might nose around a bit. Oh, but that sounds wonderful. You won't be busy all the well, time. Darling, it's only for a day or two, and oh. I... Well, it wouldn't be any fun for you. You see that, don't you? Yes, I see. Now, this is the place for you. Warm, cozy, protected. I want to keep all this, this ugly business away from you. But can you? Well, what do you mean? I'm not always. What are you afraid of? Need I say? Now, listen, darling. This settles it. Nothing is worth this kind of trouble between us. I... I won't go on with this case at all. Tony. I mean it. Simi can get someone else. But what will she say? What the devil does, does it matter what she says? We'll, we'll leave for Switzerland. Oh, darling. What's the matter now? <laughs> Nothing's the matter. Just, just thank you. I knew you couldn't have changed that much. What do you say, Lucerne or Samaritz? No, Tony, neither. You're going up to Cumberland, and then you're coming back and going into court. No, no, I am tired. That's what you said, and, and you're right. Not too tired, dear. <laughs> and you're the only man who can save her. Oh, you've, you've always had such... Big ideas about me. <laughs> no, darling, I haven't. <laughs> Besides, I wouldn't like a woman to be hanged. Any woman. Just because my husband had a rendezvous with her. In jail. Yay. You'll come to Cumberland with me. We can I'll have... be waiting here, Tony. Cozy, comfortable and protected. Good night, darling. <laughs> Well, Mr. Latour. Can I have a word with you, Mr. Keene? Well, don't they announce callers at this inn? How did you know this was my room? I saw you come up from the lakeshore, and then this light went on. Oh, you've been watching the inn for some time? Yes. Huh? I walked over from Hindley Hall. It came to my mind it would be well to see you. Well, what is it you want with me? I beg your pardon, sir, but I thought it was you who wanted to see me. What caused you to think that? You came to the hall today. I didn't go to the hall to see you. I came to see the house. But when I, when I met you at the gate, you asked my name. You said you wanted to speak to me later. Only you disappeared. Why? I, I don't know. I, I think first... No, I, I don't want to talk to him. And then I think perhaps I'm wrong. Now, just remember this, Latour. You forced yourself on me. You're not one of my witnesses, and it would be most improper for me to, to try to establish contact with you. But you wanted to see me, You sir. choose to say so. But it so happens that it's my business, my job, to save the life of your employer. I beg your pardon, sir. She's not my employer. I served Colonel Paradine. Have that your own way. But I insist upon knowing what you're here for now. I know why you wanted to see me. She sent you. She? Mrs. Paradine doesn't even know that I'm here. She had nothing to do with my coming. It seems I'm wrong, then. Why would she send me? She'd have her reasons. Mr. Keene, you may not think it, but you're on the wrong side, sir, and I tell you so. You'd better make yourself clear. You have only known Mrs. Paradine since she is in prison, is it not so? Yes. Then how can you know her? If you did, I should need to tell you that only Almighty God or the Black Devil himself knows what's going on in that head of hers. I won't hear anything more against her. I know what I'm talking about. I know her. If ever there was an evil woman... She's one. Would you mind getting out of here? I said get out. Very good, sir. As you wish. If you'll allow me, sir, I'm very sorry for you. And God help you. After an intermission, we'll bring you Act Two of the Paradine case. And now, our Hollywood reporter, Libby Collins. Who's in the limelight tonight, Libby? One of the best-known and best-liked stars in Hollywood, Mr. Keeley, Joan Crawford. You know, Libby, I always look forward to a Joan Crawford picture. You know, Joan makes any role she plays, well, convincing and dramatic. And in her latest picture, Warner Brothers' Flamingo Road, she plays a most demanding part with her usual finesse. Yes, it's certainly a picture full of tense situations, with Sidney Greenstreet outdoing himself as a ruthless villain. Oh, he is really frightening. I don't wonder he drives poor Zachary Scott to ruin in Flamingo Road. But in a harrowing climax, Joan comes out the winner. And there's a lighter side, too. As a carnival dancer, Joan really earns your admiration. Yes, indeed. She wears some handsome costumes, too. And she's beautiful in the close-ups. 
The modeling of her face is perfect from any angle. Add that quality to uh, a lovely luxe complexion, Libby. And you have the cameraman's dream girl, John. Well, Joan Crawford has been a Lux Soap fan for years. I guess that proves it's a complexion care that works. Yes. Joan tells me she's really grateful for the special care Lux Soap facials give her skin. Those facials give a million-dollar complexion just the gentle, protecting care it needs. Skin specialists have proved it, too. Tests showed in three out of four cases, skin became softer and smoother in a short time. No wonder this fragrant white soap with the delicate perfume is Hollywood's own beauty soap. So be sure to get some Lux Toilet Soap tomorrow. It's another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. Now, our producer, Mr. William Keeley. Act two of The Paradine Case, starring Joseph Cotton as Tony Keene, Valley as Mrs. Paradine, and Louis Jordan as Latour. <laughs> The defense of Madalena Paradine is far more than just another case to Anthony Keene. Almost against his will, he's fallen under the charm of a lovely woman. And back now in London, his first call is at Holloway Prison. Mr. Keene, I thought you'd forgotten me. Forgotten you? I've been up to Hindley Hall. Why? Why did you go there? I thought it might help me to know more about your background. I went through the house into your room. And spoke to whom? I saw Latour, Mrs. Paradine. At first he avoided me, then he came to the inn to see me. Indeed. And what did my husband's valet have to say about me? I beg you, don't behave this way with me. I don't know what you mean. Latour hates you. Don't you know that? He despises you. He despises old women. He hates you. And he'll tell the jury why he hates you. Can't you see that? Of course I see. You needn't explain these things as though I were a child. Then listen to me. We'll go to trial soon. The pres presiding judge is a man named Horfield. She's not what you'd call a friend of mine exactly, but uh, Horfield doesn't bother me. It's only that I... I bother you? I want to save you. I want to fight for you, but I can't working like this in the dark. I can't sleep. I can't work. I can't think I while I... I don't understand you, Mr. Keener. You were so sure of yourself. What has happened to you? Tell me this much. Is it possible that Latour hates you because you made him disloyal to your husband? That's enough, Mr. Keene. What existed between you and Latour? I will not be treated in this manner by my own counsel. I prefer that you give up the case. No, no, no. I, I must try to help you. I don't think anyone else can. My personal feelings are such that... You must forgive me if I regard my life as more important. I'm sorry. I apologize. Objectly. I'm a little tired. You're not yourself either. Perhaps tomorrow, Mr. Keene, we yes. can... Yes, yes, of course. I'll come back tomorrow. Tony? In here, dear, you're just in time for tea. Hello, darling. How was the journey? Oh, not very interesting. Tremendous estate, rather what you'd expect, you know, the Lake District. Would you rather I didn't talk? What is it you want to know about Gay? Oh. Oh, you've been reading the newspaper. Mrs. Paradine's counsel visits her in jail. It's a good picture of you, darling. I suppose you hate her, don't you? I won't deny there have been moments these past weeks when I've wished the worst for her. It's not easy to face the thought of losing you. Gay, must Let you make Let me finish, a... dear. I... I've come to a conclusion. Conclusion? I want her to live. I hope she goes free. Free to kill, or to take other women's husbands, or to do anything else that comes into that beautiful head of hers. You can't really care what happens to her. But I do. Oh, not for any noble reasons, but because I want all this business over and done with. An end to your being all mixed up, part lawyer, part lover. Oh, what nonsense, nonsense. All right, frustrated Jason. lover, then. Yes. And part husband, still. Because you're not finished with me, Tony. You wouldn't have come back here if you were. I know the depth of your feeling for me. Okay, if, I'm if counting you just... on your feeling for me. All I ask is that she lives, so the fight can be an even one. Because if she dies, you're lost to me forever. You'll go on thinking you love her, imagining her as your great lost love. 
But you don't love her, Tony. No, you don't. There are lots of things I don't know, but there's one thing I know better than anyone else. I know you. I want you to win this case, Tony. I want you to get her free. I've made my speech. It's what comes with being married to a lawyer. I'll go up and change. I, I may win this case or lose it sooner than we thought. Oh? Trial has been moved up. But are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. We go to court the day after tomorrow. And for the jurisdiction of the Central Criminal Court, draw near now and give your attendance. God save the king. The prisoner will stand. Madeleine Paradine, you are charged with the murder of Richard Patrick Paradine on May the 6th last. Are you guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. Judy, I can't. I never should have come in the first place. Of course you'll stay. Tony doesn't know you're here and he can't possibly see you. Just two more dim faces up here in the gallery. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't. The prosecution will proceed. Uh, thank you, Miller. It is a simple statement of fact that on the night of May 6th, Richard Paradine, a blind man, died as the result of a murderous dose of poison. We also know that earlier in the evening, a quarrel took place in which the participants were Mrs. Paradine, Colonel Paradine, and his faithful servant and comrade in arms, Andre Latour. Gentlemen of the jury, you are all probably aware of the Colonel's heroic character. One looks back upon his life with humility and pride. Suddenly, in the service of his country, he's doomed to darkness and the life of an invalid. It was then that he met and married the defendant. Outwardly, this woman was a model of patience. Heaven only knows what sultry fires were banked within, but she had patience. She could bide her time. This is indeed no ordinary woman. may cross-examine if it wishes. Thank you, my lord. Now then, Mr. Larkin, as Colonel Paradine's butler, you served him dinner in his room, after which he asked for a glass of burgundy wine at his bedside. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Did he usually drink burgundy? It didn't agree with him, sir, but sometimes... I thank you, that is all. But if you're still implying that the master committed Please, suicide... Please, I said that is all. Just a moment, Mr. Larkin. Yes, my lord. You told the jury that Colonel Paradine did not usually take burgundy because it disagreed with him. Did he dislike Burgundy? Oh, no, my lord. On the contrary. He was very fond of Burgundy, but seldom dared take it. Yes, my lord. That is correct. Thank you. Well, Judge Horfield just killed Tony's point. How? What do you mean? By making it clear there was nothing so unusual about his drinking Burgundy. You will pardon me, Mr. Keene. I was anxious that the point should be clear. Thank you, my lord. I'm obliged to your lordship. Has the Crown any questions? Oh, no questions, my lord. Will the clerk call Andre Latour, please? Take the testament in your right hand, Mr. Latour, and repeat the oath. I swear by Almighty God that the evidence I shall give shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Your name? Andre Latour. You were born in Canada and served in the war with Colonel Paradine? Yes, sir. You won the Distinguished Conduct Medal and Bar for gallantry in the field? That is so, sir. At the time of Colonel Paradine's death, you were employed as his valet and confidential companion. You were very much attached to Colonel Paradine, were you not? He was the finest man I ever knew. Mr. Latour, at about 8 o'clock on the night of May 6th, you heard the service bell ringing. You went to the Colonel's room. You saw the Colonel and Mrs. Paradine facing each other. Is that correct? It is, sir. What happened then, Latour? Colonel Paradine was very angry with me. His exact words, if you please. He, he said, do I understand you're going to leave me now when I need you the most? So I asked him who told him such a thing. He said she did, Miss Paradine. Had you any intention of leaving him? No, sir. She just wanted to get rid of me. Did you remain in the room? No, sir. The colonel ordered me to leave. Did you return to the room? Yes, sir. About a, an hour later. Now, listen carefully. Was Mrs. Paradine still in the room? 
She was in the hallway outside. You're certain of that? I am. Is it your impression that the lady was passing directly from Colonel Paradine's bedroom to her own? Yes, sir. Your witness, Mr. Keene? Mr. Latour, just a point or two about the years you spent in Canada. I'm sorry, Mr. Keene, but the hour's getting late. We will adjourn until tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Lord, I should like to examine the witness. Mr. Keene, well, you shall have all the time you wish in the morning. Very well, my lord. What's the judge got against Tony Gay? I don't know. Well, maybe he had a better breakfast this morning. Look, that's Latour down there. He lied like mad yesterday. Or else he's keeping something back. I'm glad I'm not in his shoes right now. Watch Tony tear him apart. Just you watch. Now then, Mr. Latour, does the name Margaret Wells convey anything to you? Yes, sir. Well, what does it convey to you? No answer? Well... Let me try to help your memory. I claim that some years ago, in Canada, you were engaged to one Margaret Wells and that on your wedding day, she rode off with a farmer named Albert Troop. That is finished. That is in the past. Your point may be relevant, Mr. Keene. Its relevance escapes me. Lord, I submit that the witness has shown an almost pathological bias against not only my client, but against all women. Mr. Keene, after seeing our handsome witness, I should be inclined to regard the young lady's behavior as pathological, not his. <laughs> Mr. Latour, were you aware that Colonel Paradine made a will in which he left you 4,000 pounds? Well, it's a very simple question. Colonel Paradine told me he might leave me a little something, but... I didn't know about the will, sir. You mean he told you he was going to leave you this legacy, but you doubted his word? No, sir, I did not doubt his word. Then you believed it? Yes, sir. You knew you would receive such a legacy on his death? We, we never discussed it. I didn't think about it. Yes, sir, I knew. You don't remember very easily, do you, Latour? And did you or did you not repeatedly hear C Colonel Paradine say that he wished to be dead? That he wished he was dead, sir? That he was sick of life and wished to be dead? He said a lot of things when he was angry about his blindness. I didn't take much notice. You didn't take much notice. Very well. Tell the court, please, exactly what happened at about 8 o'clock on the evening of May 6. You want me to go over my evidence again? No, Latour, I do not want you to go over that evidence again. I charge that your evidence was a tissue of lies, that you were trying to cover up what really happened. There is another person in this court who was also there who knows what happened. Remember that. What is your question, Mr. Keene? I ask Mr. Latour if he still wishes to swear that Mrs. Paradine invented a cock and bull story about his leaving the colonel's employ and that this started the quarrel. Yes, sir, she did. It would be your word against... her word against yours. Yes, sir, and so it was then with the colonel. So you're asking his lordship and the jury to believe that after your years of devoted service, Colonel Paradine had absolutely no faith in your word of honor. I put it to you, Latour. That your story is a pack of lies. Do you persist in it? If she says the contrary, she'd better. Well, what were you going to say? The witness will answer the question. I... I stick to what I said before. If you don't mind, Latour. Did the butler tell you about putting the glass of burgundy at the colonel's bedside? Yes. Well, was that unusual? Maybe so. No, maybe about it, was it or wasn't it? It was, sir. And after he told you this, you went upstairs again? Yes. Why? I had no special reason, sir. Shortly before, the colonel had denounced you for deserting him, and yet you went upstairs for no special reason? I... I was unhappy about being on bad terms with him. I... I wished to make it up with him. Very well. You knocked at his door and went in? I did not go in. Why not? The colonel told me to go away. You have stated that you saw someone else in the hall. Yes, sir. Mrs. Paradine. What was she doing? Going to her bedroom. Mrs. Paradine's bedroom was directly across the hall from Colonel Paradine's bedroom. Yes, sir. When you saw Mrs. Paradine, did you know where she'd come from? No, sir. Not for certain. Uh, she might even have come out of her room, seen you, turned to go back? It is possible. But she could not have come out of the Colonel's room without going around you or through you. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So... Mrs. Paradine went into her room and shut the door. Now, what did you do? Nothing. I, I hung about for a minute now, or two. What was your purpose in hanging about for a minute or two? I, I, well, I, I just didn't know what to do, and 
Then I decided to go downstairs. Hmm. Have you ever seen anyone die by poison, Latour? No, sir. Any animal? No, sir. Wasn't there an old dog killed by poison at Henley Hall about two years ago? Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. I almost forgot. So we've noticed. It, it was the colonel's old hunting dog. He was sick, so we put him away. You mean you put him away? Yes, sir. What poison did you use? I don't know, sir. You don't know? No, sir. We, we, we got the single dose from the vet. Don't persist in saying we. You mean you did. Yes, sir. A large dose? No, sir. Very small. And it acted very quickly? Yes, it did. I understand what he means to say. He's accusing me of poisoning my colonel, but I didn't. I didn't. I must ask the witness to collect himself. But it's not true. I didn't do it. How could I? You are not on trial, Mr. Latour. It is quite unnecessary to make protestations of innocence concerning actions with which you have not been charged. And I think, Mr. Keene... My lord. I think this will be a convenient opportunity to adjourn. We will resume at five minutes past two o'clock. This court stands adjourned until five minutes past two o'clock. Well, Hawfield's done it again, Sam. He stopped me in my tracks just when I had Latour where I wanted him. In one way, I'm glad he did. You know Latour never would... Tony, wait a minute. Where are you going? Well, this is Tony's morning, all right. It was terrible, Judy. Oh, but, darling, it's his job. Oh, come along, Gay. Let's get a bite to eat. She's in here, Mr. Keene. Mrs. Paradine. Thank you. Well, it's gone well for us this morning, really well. Has it? Surely you must know that. I'm not a lawyer, Mr. Keene. Good heavens, you're a clever woman. Don't you realize... How I shook Latour? I only realize that you have not kept faith with me. Huh. I did not agree to what you've done today. But I... I objected when you wanted to make it appear that Andre had helped my husband kill himself. Now you make him out to be a murderer. Now I will not forgive you for what you've done today. Forgive me? When, when I've exhausted myself destroying everything in an effort to save you? I did not ask you to do forgive that. Forgive me? I was idiot enough to fall in love with you. Did you hear that? If it's true, then how could you deceive me as you've done? Mrs. Paradine, this case is narrowed down to one of three things. Either your husband managed somehow to poison himself or Latour did it, or you did it. As you like. But I will not have you making Andre a murderer. Are you in love with him? What has that to do with it? You are my lawyer, not my lover. Someone else said something very much like that. I should like to know whether you intend to continue with the case. Yes, of course. I'm planning to dispense with the witnesses except you. I'm, I'm going to rely on your evidence and my final speech to save you. I know I can trust you. I feel it. Yes. You will save me. You can trust me. But not at his expense. You understand that, don't you? But suppose that the only way to save you. You are not to destroy him. If you do, I shall hate you as I've never hated a man. I must go on the way I've begun. I, I must act according to my own view. You can say what you like in the witness box, but my questions will be mine. Of course, Mr. Keene. And the answers will be mine. <laughs> We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. In a few moments, we'll continue with the third act of the Paradine case. Our guest this evening is Miss Joyce McKenzie, young 20th Century Fox player. Has studio life turned out to be all you expected, Joyce? Every bit and more, Mr. Keeley. There's always something new and interesting going on. <laughs> I'll never forget the fun it was to see Betty Grable doing a new picture, The Beautiful Blonde from Bashful Ben. <laughs> the screen's number one box office blonde. You know, it's Betty in a new kind of role. <laughs> yes, the picture's a riotous takeoff on a typical Western. Betty turns out to be a clever comedian as a trigger-happy heroine of the beautiful blonde from Bashful Bend. With Rudy Valley and Cesar Romero as a pair of timid heroes. It's a grand piece of entertainment. 
You know, Mr. Keeley, I'd always admired Betty Grable's beauty on the screen. When I actually saw her, I was more impressed than ever. What do you think, Mr. Kennedy? Well, I felt the same way, Joyce, when Betty Grable was on our program two weeks ago. She's a winner, all right. And, I'm proud to say, one of our most enthusiastic Lux girls. <laughs> I know, Mr. Kennedy. Betty Grable depends on Lux soap facials regularly for that delicate skin of hers. Betty told us when she was here that uh, both her little daughters are Lux girls, too. What better recommendation for this gentle complexion soap? Personally, I find Lux Toilet Soap a wonderful beauty care. It really works. Thank you, Miss Joyce McKenzie, for coming tonight. There's a reason, you know, why this fragrant white soap is the choice of nine out of ten screen stars. And that's why you should begin Lux Soap Beauty Care tomorrow. Here's our producer, William Keeley. The curtain rises on the third act of the Paradine case. Starring Joseph Cotton as Tony Keene, Valley as Mrs. Paradine, and Louis Jordan as Latour. Back in the courtroom, the trial of Madalena Paradine resumes. Andre Latour is again in the witness box as Anthony Keene pounds away at his testimony. Answer the question, Latour. Did he discharge you? Did Colonel Paradine discharge you? I didn't know. I, I suppose he did. Yet you continued in the employ of the woman who allegedly lied about you to her master? I, I think I, I wanted to help take care of the colonel's estate, and there was nowhere else to go. After you were told that Colonel Paradine was dead, did you see the body? Yes, sir. I was told to clean up the room after Dr. Young had left. Who told you to? She did, Mrs. Paradine. And you noticed the wine glass? Did it still contain the burgundy? Only a, a few drops. Oh, there were a few drops still in the glass. Yes. Sir. Now, listen closely, Latour. If you were told that the doctor had examined the glass and found it to be clean, that it had been washed and dried, would you still claim you saw a few drops remaining in the glass? Yes, yes, I would. I would still say what I saw. When did you wash and dry that glass, Latour? I never touched the glass. I never touched it. Really, my lord, I must insist that the counsel for defense keep within bounds. I quite agree, Mr. Farrell, but I've been reluctant to interfere, knowing how Mr. Keene resents interruptions. May I continue, my lord? Please do, Mr. Keene. You are aware, Latour, of the penalty for perjury. I've told the truth. The truth. Was it at Hindley Hall or here in London that you first gave Mrs. Paradine occasion to complain about your attention? It's not true. She never did. And was she not at last forced to go to her husband and beg him to dismiss you from his service? I won't listen to these lies. Colonel knew, didn't he? Knew. Because she told him. I will not answer. Because you don't want to admit that he trusted you and you betrayed him. No, I did not. She lied to you and I hate her. Because she told her husband about you? No, she did not. He found out. At last. So he heard you speaking improperly to his wife. Is that it? Yes. My lord, I've finished with the witness. I didn't want to tell about it. I didn't want to hurt his good name. I said I was finished, Latour. It was she who dragged us both down. I hated every moment with her, but... God forgive me. I, I couldn't help myself. My lord, this man is a confessed perjurer. Must the jury listen to this rubbish? Mr. Keene, this is not the first time you've been responsible for an over-emotional atmosphere in court. I cannot blame the witness for his behavior. May I be heard, my lord? You may. Latour, in testifying as to what was overheard by Colonel Paradine, are you implying that you engaged in improper conduct with Mrs. Paradine? Yes. You know now what I did. I, I cannot live with the memory of what I've done. Uh, did you avoid the truth because of your feelings about this woman? I lied because I didn't want the world to know what she was, his wife. My colonel's wife. That is all, Latour. My lord, the prosecution has concluded its case. <clears throat> you have heard the crown, Mr. Keene? I have, my lord. Members of the jury, the woman in the prisoner's dock is a foreigner, friendless and alone in a strange country, but a country, thank heaven, that has always prided itself on its passion for justice. I had fully intended to call before you numerous witnesses to speak of her character, of her self-sacrifice. A sacrifice made cheerfully by a beautiful woman, fascinating and still young, in order to bring the light of her affection into the life of a blind man. But after hearing the case for the Crown, we find so little to refute that we have decided to call no witnesses except the prisoner herself. 
I ask Madalena Paradine to go into the witness box. Hold the testament in your right hand and repeat the oath. I swear by Almighty God that the evidence I shall give shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. What is your name? Madalena Paradine. You're the widow of Richard Patrick Paradine? I am. What were your circumstances when you married him? I was very poor. My life had been unpleasant and... and unattractive. Oh. Had you no fear of a lifetime with a blind man? Oh, I thought it a splendid opportunity. Opportunity? Yes, I thought. I will be his eyes. Did you find it difficult to care for a blind man? No. He was never unkind to you? Sometimes. But I understood. It was terrible for him, so helpless. It was easy to forgive him. On the night of your husband's death, a, a quarrel took place. Yes. Could you tell the jury, please, the cause of that quarrel? I had spoken to my husband about his valet, Latour. I asked my husband to find another place for him. Why? I did not wish Latour to stay in the house. Why not? I did not like his manner with me. What do you mean by that? He took liberties. Did he try to make love to you? Please answer, Mrs. Paradine. Did, did he try to make love to you? Yes. And you complained about him to your husband? I did. You've heard Latour's version of the quarrel. What, what actually happened when Latour came into the room? My husband swore at him and said, you have insulted my wife. Latour broke down. He said that if my husband would forgive him, it would never happen again. Then Latour's version of what took place is completely untrue. Lord, I object. I am simply asking a question, my lord. The form is objectionable. And I am anxious not to have to intervene again, Mr. Keene. I am being clear. Your lordship always makes his meanings perfectly clear. Mrs. Paradine, after your husband's death, you sent Latour into the colonel's room to tidy it up. Yes. Was anyone with you? Dr. Young was with me. And was Dr. Young still with you when Latour came out of the room? Yes. Have you heard of Dr. Young's deposition stating that after he left you, he went to your husband's room and found the wine glass washed and dried? I've heard that, yes. Then, is it not true that the only person who could have washed and dried that glass is Latour? In law the difference. All right, all right, all... Could anyone else have washed and dried it? I know what you're trying to make me say. You're trying to make people think that Andre Latour killed my husband. Quiet. Quiet. I asked you whether anyone else could have washed and dried the glass. Yes. What do you mean by yes? I did. It is my duty to warn you, Mrs. Paradine, that you've made a very serious admission. Would you like to make some explanation of it to the jury? My lord, with the... With the utmost respect, I would like to request time to consider this turn of events. This evidence is entirely new to me. I feel... Very I'm... well, Mr. Keene. We will adjourn until 10.30 tomorrow morning. Hello, Tony. Well, hello, Judy. Well, what are you looking so sad about? Oh, nothing. I was there today in court. Was Gay with you? Yes. Is that your idea? Yes. Gaze upstairs, Tony. Before you go up... Well? If Mrs. Paradine washed that wine if glass... If she did wash that glass, it's because she knew that Latour killed Paradine, and if I had access to her while she's a witness, I'd, I'd make her say so tonight. And Latour's motive? He was in love with her. What about your motive, Tony? What do you mean? Well, you know, and I know, and Gay knows, why it is that you think Latour's the murderer. You wouldn't have handled her that way in the witness box for any other reason. You treated her as though you were cross-examining a witness for the prosecution. Look here, Judy, I'll handle it. Oh, Tony, it's true. It's terribly true. Somebody's got to show you. You've got to save this woman for Gay's sake. If you'll let me alone, perhaps I still can. If you're left to your own devices, I'll bet you one thing. Mrs. Paradine will be done for and your career along with it. And if it weren't for Gay, I'm... I'm not so sure I'd care. <laughs> Well, Mr. Keene, the defendant was in the witness box. You may resume where you left off yesterday. My lord, I... I have no further questions. I have finished with the witness. Does the Crown wish to cross-examine? We do, my lord. Uh, Mrs. Paradine, these attentions on Latour's part had gone on for some time. 
Yes. Then why did you delay telling your husband? I was ashamed. Ashamed? Why? Was it your fault? Of course not. Then why be ashamed? Mrs. Paradine, did you not refrain from complaining about Latour because you were madly in love with him? Madly in love with him? And yet I went to my husband and asked him to send Latour away? Is that what you think? And did you not finally succeed in your objective and induce this unfortunate man who worshipped his master to betray him? I deny Mrs. that. Mrs. Paradine, is it not a fact that as soon as you discovered that Latour took no interest in you, you resolved to overcome that indifference? No. Weren't you in love with Latour all the time he lived at Handley Hall? No. Were you not madly in love with him all the time? Just a moment, please. The Lord, I'm simply it's trying to... It's this message. I've just been handed a message from the police. Andre Latour committed suicide an hour ago. Andre! Quiet. My lord, I, I, I would like to have an opportunity to consider what bearing this new tragedy has on the case. I submit that it is great bearing, my lord. It is perfectly obvious why the witness committed suicide. Oh, no, I don't think so. Latour himself said he couldn't live with the knowledge of having betrayed Colonel Paradine. I suggest that both counsel remember where they are. Mr. Farrell, do you wish to apply for an adjournment? Adjourn? Uh, no, my lord. Then proceed with your case. Very well. <clears throat> Mrs. Paradine... You admitted yesterday that you deliberately washed the glass that contained the poison which killed your husband. Why did you wash that glass? Answer my question. Why did you wash that glass? You must answer the question, Mrs. Paladin. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear it. Counsel has already repeated it. What does it matter now? Andre is dead. The man I love is dead. I thought about it day and night, but I didn't know how. I wanted to do it so that we could be free, so that Andre and I could be free. But Andre wouldn't help me. He and his honor. I must again warn you of the gravity of your statement. Andre knew I killed the blind man. Andre knew it. I didn't tell him, but he knew it. I think it quite unnecessary to ask any further questions, my lord. <clears throat> Mr. Keene? Mrs. Paradine. I have nothing further to say to you, Mr. Keene. I loved Andre and you murdered him. My life is finished. It's you who have finished it. My only comfort is the hatred and contempt I feel for you. My lord. Members of the jury, I, I've done my best. This case has already taken its heavy toll in the life of Latour, in its burden on you and indeed on me. I am more than ever conscious of my shortcomings. Everything that, everything that I've done seems to have gone against my client. But you must not confuse my, my incompetence with any of the issues of the trial. Many things have, have become obscured. Many things have, have become obscured. I, my Lord, I, I regret I cannot continue. I, I request your Lordship's indulgence to let my friend, Sir Simon Flacker, take over the case. Madalena Paradine, you have heard the verdict of the jury. You will be returned this day to His Majesty's prison in custody of the warden. And there, following three clear Sundays, you will be hanged by the neck until dead. Semi, I'm him. Sorry I had noticed the time. It's almost morning. Mm. I wonder what the newspapers will say about our day in court. Yeah, they'll probably suggest that next time you place your confidence with more discretion. They'll be right. I, I, I just don't know what happened to me today when, when she turned on me, when she said that, well, it doesn't matter now, I'll... I'll run along. Where are you going at this hour? Sit down, Tony. I do wish you'd at least telephone Gay. She must be worried to death. <laughs> worried for fear that I'll 
come home, you mean. No, no. The least I can do for Gay is to spare her the boring job of standing by me. Now listen, Tony, you're not as wise about everything as you may think. No. And you mustn't despair. If there's one thing I can't abide, it's despairing. What would you have me do after this? Hope for a high court judgeship? Oh, all this talk about giving up the law. Poppycock. If I know anything about Gay, there's nothing at all she wants at this moment but Father? just... Judy, I thought you were asleep hours ago. Come here, dear. I wish you wouldn't constantly butt into matters that... Oh. There he is, my dear. Hello, Tony. Kay. What about having some breakfast? Thanks, but... Well, as a matter of fact, I was just about leaving. Tony, you really shouldn't have worried me like this. I suppose I should have known you'd be here with Simi. Tony, I was proud of you today. Proud? Yes, I was. Darling, it won't be easy. There'll be those who laugh at you. And I don't think the newspapers were very kind. The worst of all is what I've done to you. Tony, the most important moment in your life wasn't when you discovered what she was. It wasn't even when you had the courage to stand up there before the whole world and confess your mistakes. The most important moment... Look at me, Tony. The most important moment in your life is now. My husband is the most brilliant man I've ever known. You can throw away your career and become a beachcomber if that's what you want. <laughs> Maybe that's not such a bad idea. Oh, darling, don't you understand? I want you back on the job just as fast as ever you can. And I hope you have a tough case. Very tough. So that it will take the best you have. Mm -hmm. Oh, all your fancy ideas about me. I'll try, Gay. I'll try. Your applause is a cue for our stars to return for a curtain call. And here they are. Joseph Cotton, Valley, and Louis Jordan. Thank you, Bill. It's a great pleasure to be back. Oh, Joe, you, you must have seen some exciting things while you and Alida were making your picture in Vienna last winter. Well, Vienna is a, sort of an international hotspot right now. Did you have a chance to visit your home in Italy, Miss Valley? Yes, and of course, that was the biggest thrill of the trip for me. But you know, one thing that's still missing throughout most of Europe is an abundance of good soap. Like my favorite, for instance, Lux soap. Well, thanks for the tip. I'm going to Europe myself this summer, so I'll take plenty of Lux soap along. <laughs> Louis, I hear you had a little excitement in New York recently when you were mobbed by the fans at the Broadway opening. <laughs> well, to be honest, the, the crowds were really gathered for the new Selznick picture, Portrait of Jenny. And I just happened to be there. Oh, by the way, Joe, I can assure you that you and Jennifer Jones have made a hit. Thank you very much, Louis. Bill, what have you lined up for next week? Next week, a fast-moving musical, Joe. It's the Warner Brothers hit, April Showers. And our stars are Jack Carson, Dorothy L'Amour, and Robert Alda. There's a moving, dramatic story and some of America's best-loved songs, like April Showers. So I know our audience will like it. Sounds like a grand show, Mr. Keeley. Good night. Good night. Good night, and thank you again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the armed forces of the United States face a grave shortage of physicians and dentists. Young men who received their medical education during the war years and have not served in the armed forces are urged to volunteer now when the need is so great. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Jack Carson, Dorothy L'Amour, and Robert Alder in April Showers. This is William Keeley saying good night to you from Hollywood. Heard in tonight's cast was Betty Lou Gerson as gay. Our play was directed by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear April Showers, starring Jack Carson, Dorothy L'Amour, and Robert Alda.
Trouble, trouble, trouble with your nice things. Change to Lux Flakes, and they will bubble, bubble, bubble your troubles away. Keep nice things lovely longer. Keep undies and stockings stronger. Let LUX bubble your troubles away. Be sure to listen next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of April Showers, starring Jack Carson, Dorothy Lamour, and Robert Alda. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.